So we have, uh, last few weeks, we've been going through a series on Ephesians. And I love Ephesians because it, uh, it's, it's like the first half of the book, which is where we're at still right now, really talks about who you are and kind of sets the stage. And then, and then it's, it, once you get to chapter four and then the latter half of the book, it, it then says, okay, in light of that, this is how you should live. And I think it's very appropriate for the season that we're in. We, we've uh, believed that this year that God has called us to specifically press in to this idea of victory. And understanding who you are in Christ is key to that. So I'm, uh, I'm excited about this series. I think God's already begun to do some cool things and he's going to continue to do that. But uh, I have the, the privilege of speaking on Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 11 to the end of the chapter, 11 to 22. And so, um, with that being said, let's read the first, uh, f- first couple verses of that passage. It says, Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Have you ever felt like an outsider? Truthfully, I'm sure that, that we've all experienced that at one point or another, right? We, we've all been in situations where we haven't felt like we really belonged, felt like an outsider. A number of years ago, it's not been quite a few years ago, actually, I used to work at Famous Dave's Restaurant as a server, and um, I was uh, working there on Halloween night, and um, some, some co-workers we're talking about, they invited me to come to this Halloween party. I'm not huge on Halloween personally, but I was like, oh, you know, I'll go, I'll, I'll hang out, um, maybe get to know people better, find no big deal. So, so I did, after I got off my shift, I, I went there, and it was the most awkward party I've been to. I walked in, nobody said hi to me, I, I, I knew a few people, everyone was kind of sitting in their, their own little cliques, and I kind of sat down, and I was there for about 15 minutes, nobody said a thing to me, I don't think. <laughs> Maybe somebody said hi, I don't know, but they, they, it, was like, it, was very, it was very awkward. So after about 15 minutes, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm, <laughs> so I took off and, and, I, and I went home. Um, I just left. But um, have you ever been in a situation like that? It's uncomfortable. It's a bit unsettling when you're in, in, in that situation. You ask the question, why was I even invited? Was it just a courtesy invite? Um, <laughs> just because I was there, and they're like, oh, I don't want to exclude somebody, so let's, let's just invite this person. And I believe that the reason why situations like this are so unsettling, and why it was so unsettling, why it really was unsettling to me, if I'm honest, is, is that it brought to light the truth that I didn't really belong in that group. I was there, I was kind of on the fringes, but I didn't truly belong. I was more, yeah, like I said, on the fringes. And it was easier at that moment, and I'm not saying I did anything wrong leaving, but, but it was easier at that moment to leave than to deal with that and how that really made me feel. Like an outcast, really. I, uh, I grew up 
here in Salt Lake. In fact, I, I grew up in this church. We moved here from Louisiana when I was three years old, and we immediately started going to this church. And I'm 36 now, so that's 33 years of, uh, of going to this church. <laughs> um, so uh, I love it here. It's, uh, I, can, I can honestly say that I feel very at home here. I feel, yeah, this, this is, I belong here. My, my tendency in life is to find a comfort zone wherever I am and stay there. And I believe that because of that, God has, has found ways of getting me out of my comfort zone. And uh, one of those ways is at different times I've gone away to school. I've always still considered this my church home, but while I was away at school, of course, I would go to, 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 to other churches, and um, I would, uh, also I would, my social uh, circles would change. Um, I, I, I would always involve myself in different groups to be a part of the groups, but, but truthfully, I always found myself on the fringes of those groups. Like, I, I, I never completely was like, okay, I belong here. I, this is family. And, and I never felt like I completely got there. I was a bit on the outside looking in. Does anybody relate to that? Perhaps there's some of you who are sitting here, and maybe this is your first time, or you've just been here a few times, or maybe you've been here for a while, but you just don't feel like you fully connected here. My hope my prayer is that you can, that you can truly connect, that you can truly get to the place where you feel like you belong here, that you can find a family here. But I understand that feeling of being on the outside. And in this Ephesians passage right here, Paul is talking to Gentile Christians. Now, Gentiles were basically anybody who was not a Jew. You were a Jew or you were a Gentile. Now, if you were to read through the Old Testament, you would see that at different places God gives certain directives and, and says this is, this is what you're supposed to do, this is the way you're supposed to uh, live, and, and what does humanity keep doing? Messing up. <laughs> that, we, we specialize in that, right? But God isn't so quick to give up on humanity. And so he devises a plan to save, to save us. And he, he, he finds this, this man named Abraham, and he, he, picks him out, he, he, he takes him out, and he makes a promise to him. In, in Genesis chapter 22, verse 18, it says, And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. All the nations of the earth will be blessed through your descendants. And then from there, God sets Abraham and his descendants, later known as Israel, he sets them apart with the ultimate plan of Jesus coming from that line and saving humanity. And now, Israel, they have a very colorful history where sometimes they're following God and other times not so much. But, but one thing that they often lose sight of is God's promise right here. They, they, they didn't always lose sight of the fact that they were God's chosen people set apart, but they lost sight of this right here. 
that they were set apart so that all of humanity could be blessed. And instead we see, like we saw in, let's go back, where you were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews. And so in this Ephesians passage, Paul is speaking to the Gentiles right now who have been outcasts. And he starts by reminding them where they came from. Here we see in verse 12 where it says, you were living apart from Christ. You, were in, you lived in this world without God and without hope. But there's some good news here. If we move on to verse 13, it says, but now... You have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Jesus changed things. We were outcasts, without God, without hope. But through Jesus and the blood that he shed for us, all of that changed. See, without Jesus, there was a chasm that that, that we just couldn't cross in order to draw near, to experience the nearness of God. And when Jesus died on the cross and took on our sins, see, that's what happened. He Uh, We were lost in our sin, and someone had to pay the price for that. And Jesus did that for us. And in that, he bridged that gap. He bridged that chasm and drew us near to himself. Moving on in verse 15, it says, He did this by ending the system of law. With its commandments and regulations, he made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together, as one body, Christ reconciled both both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit, because of what Christ has done for us. See, what Jesus did on the cross wasn't just for us as individuals and for us to, to now have uh, peace in our hearts, to now, have, uh, to, to, to now be able to, to have the, the, the power to live victoriously. He also did it, he did it to, to bring peace between people groups, in this case, between the Jews and the Gentiles. People who normally wouldn't have associated with each other. Peace should be a sign of people who follow Jesus. Now, both internal peace and peace with others, this this passage is primarily talking about peace with others, although it it does touch on that uh, he brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far from him and peace to the Jews, but, but it's, it's also peace within people groups, peace with each other. See, here in this room, 
We have a lot of different types of groups of people, right? We have male and female. We have people of different race. We have people with strong opinions that differ. We have Republicans. We have Democrats. We have people with different views on the end times. We have jokesters. We have people who are much more serious. We have people who are rooting for the 49ers and people who are rooting for the Chiefs last week. And God brought all of those, all of us together and said, hey, have peace with each other. See, you may identify with many of those groups that I just threw out there and many others, and that's fine. But guess what? You are now a part of the family of God, and that trumps all of that. And Jesus came to break any dividing walls between people groups. Wherever he is, peace follows. Jesus brings peace. We need to allow that to break into our lives and stop dividing ourselves over trivial things. Again, I go, I go back to what I started with in, uh, this message with, that we were outsiders, we were without God, without hope, and Jesus changed our course. We can all now come to the Father. We can have hope. We can have peace. We have love. Nobody is excluded. See, in, in, in the church... I think sometimes we say things like that, nobody is excluded, and we're like, oh yeah, that's amazing. Nobody is excluded, and, we're, and we are absolutely great with that. That's really easy until someone walks through those doors that we don't really like. And all of a sudden, we're not as good with that. This, this passage calls for us to put aside differences and be open-handed. This idea of church is messy because there's people in it. Right? Sooner or later, I'm going to do something you guys aren't going to like. It'll happen if you stick around long enough. We're not always going to agree with everybody. We're not even necessarily going to like everybody. But as, as we become open-handed, we're going to learn to love and appreciate the differences that we have and the beauty in that. The last four verses in this uh, passage are very powerful. In, in, in light of everything that we just spoke of, Paul brings out some truths about our relationship to God. So let's read them. For, read all four verses, and then we're just we're going to talk about them for a minute. In verse nineteen, it says, "So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners; you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. We are carefully joined together in becoming a holy temple for the Lord through Him." You Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So let's, let's look at this for just a minute. 
in light of what we've just spoken about, Paul tells the Gentiles that they are no longer, let's go back here, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. Listen to that for just a minute. You are no longer strangers. You're no longer foreigners. And then he speaks to this truth on three different levels. Let's look at the first one. The first thing that he says is, you you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are citizens. You belong. If you come to this church for very long or or if you read the New Testament, you're going to eventually hear about the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God isn't a physical place. When, When the Bible talks about the kingdom of God, it's not some physical place that you can go to. It represents God's rule and reign. When the principles that Jesus spoke of are being lived out, when people are loving others, walking through life with a unified purpose, taking risks in obeying God, praying for each other, building each other up, challenging each other, encouraging each other, that is the kingdom of God being lived out in this place. And so when Paul says here that you are citizens, he is saying that you belong. See, I'm, I'm a citizen of the United States of America, as many of you are, I'm sure. What does that mean? It means that I belong here. A fundamental human need is to belong. Nobody likes being an outcast. When we're in situations where we feel like that, like that party that I was at that I discussed earlier, we want to get out of there, right? Belonging gives us a sense of security. There are so many songs that are written these days that talk about this idea of belonging. And that shows that that is the human heart, is to belong. It's the cry of our heart to belong. There's a song uh, written a number of years ago by a man named Chris, Chris Rice. And has really powerful lyrics. I just want to read it to you. Just... Listen, listen to these lyrics as I read them. Fading memories ignored. I crawled across the forest floor. Pool reflects an orphan child, dirty, lost, alone, and wild. Fatherless and nameless still, fallen heart and broken, will there ever be a place where I belong? I cower neath the monster trees and try to stand on tired feet. But gravity knocks me to the ground where I give up and tears roll down. I claw the dust and beg the end, curse the day that I began to hope there'd be a place where I belong. I hear a sound I recognize. You lift my chin and seek my eyes. Song of love you sing to me. I ache to sing it back to thee. Father love prepares a place and brother Jesus leads the way. 
follow to the place where you belong. How did I miss this wondrous song? The forest sang it all along. River rinses all your shame. Father offers you his name. Father love prepares a home. Brother Jesus leads you on. Follow to the place where you belong. place where you belong. See, there is power in what Paul is saying to them here. He's telling them that they are part of the kingdom of God. They are given this citizenship, the rights, the responsibility, the authority to carry out God's rule and reign to make a community that welcomes others, that loves others. We are called to act on behalf of our king, on behalf of Jesus. That is the power of what God is saying, of what, excuse me, what Paul is saying here, what God's saying through Paul, I believe. And then next, if we go back, same verse, verse 19, he then says, you are members of God's family. So first we're citizens, means we belong. And then second, we are part of his family. We are sons and daughters of God. We are loved. <laughs> you want to talk about songs that talk about this idea of belonging? There are even more that talk about love and talk about this idea of being loved. And we, we, we seek this out, don't we? We seek out love. This desire to be, to be loved will, will even cause us to seek out love in ways that, that are destructive. People seek out love through sex, drugs, alcohol. People stay, even stay in abusive relationships to have some sense of love. But we don't need to seek out love like that because we are already loved. We are part of God's family and nothing we can do, there's nothing we cannot do that will ever change that, will ever change the unconditional love that God has for us. And finally, let's... Verse 21, carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you, are gen- you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. We're citizens, we belong. We're family, we are loved. We are a temple. He dwells in us. I hope you don't hear this and, just, and think, oh, yeah, that's nice. Jesus is in my heart. That's, that's cool. No, it's so much more than that. The same power that, gives, that gave sight to the blind, that made the lame walk, that raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you. And that power is meant to bring dead people to life. See, 
Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And that is what he's done in us. And that power, you carry that, you carry that at home, you carry that at work, if you go to school, when you're in the grocery store, that power is inside of you because Jesus dwells in you. Let that sink in because this has the potential to change the way that you live. We're talking about victory this year, and, and, and this is key in that. If we're going to walk in the victory that God has called us into, we need to understand that he is living inside of us, that we are his dwelling place. See, if you, if you read the passage where Jesus died on the cross, it says something very interesting there. It says that the temple excuse me, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Now, at that time, that is where God dwelt. He was in the temple. He was in a specific location. By that curtain being torn in two, that was God saying that I no longer dwell in a place, I'm dwelling in you. Through what Jesus was doing on the cross, He changed everything. He's saying, I'm going to dwell in you now, if you will accept that. I want to take a quick pause, and and then then I'm going to kind of close this up. But um, could we go ahead and take the offering? Lord, I just pray a blessing over this offering. Lord, would you use it to... uh, let us further your kingdom, Lord Jesus, and just meet people who are lost. In Jesus' name. Ushers, go ahead and pass the bags. And as that's uh, passing, if I could go ahead and have the worship team come forward too. Oops. We're about to sing a song that's, I think, very, very appropriate with what I've spoken about today. Jesus came to show us that we belong, that we are loved, and that we bring him wherever we go. There's darkness in this world. You don't have to look that far to see that. But at the name of Jesus... Darkness trembles. So when you go into a dark situation, walk in there with confidence that Jesus in you has overcome the darkness. That truth can revolutionize your life if you will let it. When you face a difficult situation at work, guess what? Jesus is there. When you face challenging circumstances in your family, Jesus is there with you. This message I spoke today, it's all because of Jesus, really. 
None of this is possible. Without Jesus, we would be outcasts. We would not belong. We would not have that unconditional love. We would not uh, have a dwelling place inside of our hearts, but Jesus changed the course of our lives. So let's worship him for just a minute. Thank you, Jesus, that you make the darkness tremble. Lord, that you silence the fear that rages in our hearts otherwise. Jesus, would you come here right now? Would you rest on the people in this room right now?